0: One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On this episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with a family friend, Carla Weathersby, about marriage. We talked about everything from the purpose of marriage to how marriage actually points us to our need for Christ. Man, I feel that. She said,
1: You know, you think you're marrying a knight in a shiny armor, but he might sometimes appear like an idiot in a metal suit. And sometimes he thinks he's marrying Cinderella, but really she's more like the ugly stepsister, you know? So we, we just think it's going to be a lot easier, but we have to just realize that unless Unless God, you know, brings his presence to us and helps us, you know, we'll always be trying to selfishly get our needs met.
0: So you'll know Carla a little better. She and her husband, Byron, founded Legacy Family Ministries to pass biblical principles from one generation to another through marriage preparation classes and family camps. Together, the Weathersby's have written and developed various marriage prep resources over the past 20 years while working directly with pre-engaged and engaged couples. All that to say, Carla's got a lot to say about marriage, and I can't wait for y'all to get to hear from her. But before we get into that, you know I have to tell you about our sponsors that help make today's episode a reality, Eliza Ann Calligraphy and Apartment Life. How would you like to serve as a local missionary in an apartment community and receive up to 70% off your rent at the same time? Apartment Life is a faith-based, nonprofit organization that sends CARES teams to live missionally in apartment communities and to live out God's calling to love our neighbors through practical, intentional, and everyday ways. If you're interested in learning more about how to serve God through the roles of a CARES team, visit apartmentlife.org or send a message to Live Apartment Life on Facebook. That's apartmentlife.org or send a message to Live Apartment Life on Facebook. Now, on to my conversation about marriage with Carla Weathersby.
1: Welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing good. We're freezing.
0: Oh, my goodness. It I know.
1: It's so cold here.
0: So tell me, catch me up because last time I saw you, I was sitting by your fireplace at your home yes. in, like, oh, my gosh, I can't remember the cute, quaint little town right outside oh, of Salado. Salado, yes. Yeah,
1: y'all are over here. It was such a great treat to have you guys here. But we, um, you know, we are still in Toledo. I guess, what year was that? That was
0: that was probably five or six years ago.
1: Yeah, uh, we are still here in Toledo. And uh, my husband used to work at UMHB, but he left there a year ago. And we went on a four-month sabbatical, and then we went to work at Summer's Mill Conference Center. So the conference center where you guys went on the retreat. Yes. So uh, we're now directing that conference center. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: That's so wonderful. So Brooks and I had the opportunity to go to a conference that you guys put on, and it was on marriage, which is what I want to talk to you about today.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Uh No. I think <laughs> you've probably had like 500 conferences Thomas, since Gary then. Gary Thomas.
0: He's the guy that wrote Sacred Marriage. Sacred Marriage, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: I know. That's awesome. Excellent. Y'all
1: at that one. That's That's one of our favorites.
0: Yeah, it was really, really good. So, Carla, just so everybody knows, you're a family friend of our family, which is so wonderful. And you're a wife, you're a mom, and you and your husband, Byron, actually founded a ministry called Legacy Family that focuses on passing along biblical principles from one generation to the next, including all things marriage, which is what I wanted to talk to you about today. But I'd love for you to give us the breakdown on what it is that you guys do in ministry together when you and Byron got married, just kind of your life story up until this point. Yes, we
1: have been married. It will be 34 years this coming summer. In That's June.
0: amazing.
1: Yes, yes. And so we, um, we, Got married in 1984. Uh, We have three grown children. Two of them got married within six weeks of each other two summers ago. Wow! And uh, when we we got married, we started into youth ministry, and we were in youth ministry for 12 years. Okay. And in year five of our marriage, we had a pretty significant event that really changed us. That happened in our marriage, and our son, our oldest son Bo, was diagnosed with cancer.
0: Oh my goodness! And
1: so he went through two years of chemotherapy and radiation and hospital stays and they had to eventually remove his bladder. But he is doing great now. And so that was part of that. That was just five years in.
0: So how old was he at the time?
1: He was two years old and oh. we had a six week old baby. Wow. So it was just kind of a crazy time for us. But we were in, yes, we were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And God had really taken us down through a season of brokenness and it was in that season. Um I got to go hear Elizabeth Elliot, who mm. is one of my favorite all time totally missionary a hero of mine people. As well. Yes. And I got to go hear her right in the midst of just mm-hmm. that horrible time. And she said something that has transformed me. She said that trials and pain and difficulties are God's chariots waiting to take us to heavenly places. Wow! And it was a two-year journey for us that really did take us to very heavenly places because it, it really caused us to get to the end of ourselves and caused us to see what's most important in life. And so God provided for us in tremendous ways through our church family through our friends and just through his presence. And I think it was those in those dark, hard days of being married five years and having two little ones and battling through that cancer story that the seeds of what we were going to do with legacy were born because we realized that life is so short and it's all about relationships. hmm and so we wanted to do something that would strengthen the church and strengthen marriages and strengthen families. So in 1995, we started Legacy Family Ministries with the idea of doing family camp retreats, which yeah. Brooks's family came on. Yes, so that's, yes, that connections there. Yeah. So we started out doing that, but then quickly it transformed into doing marriage prep classes for engaged couples. Okay. So we've done both of those, and now we're in our almost 25th year of doing marriage prep. Uh, work with couples because uh, we want to get in with them on the front end before they make all these decisions. Yeah. And um, we want to help lay a foundation that will help them stand strong when life comes at them hard.
0: Man, well, I would love for you to help us lay that foundation even right now and just kind of go straight into what the purpose of marriage is and how it points us to the gospel.
1: Yes, Well, um, you can see in Genesis 2, whenever God created marriage, Adam was in the garden and sin had not even entered the world and God had created all these things. And he looks at Adam and he says, this is good about all of his creation. Mm -hmm. But he looks at Adam and he says, this is not good. And what he was referring to is Adam's alumnus. And so he didn't give Adam another job. He didn't give him You know, more animals. He he created a woman, and he brought him to Adam, and that was where he created the first marriage to care for man's aloneness. So I think one of the purposes that God has for marriage is to help us have someone to journey through life with, yeah, someone that we can build a godly legacy with, someone that we can be an example of how Christ loves the church. We can see another purpose for marriage in Ephesians where where uh, Paul tells them, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And he goes on to say that it is a mystery, and this mystery I'm talking about is Christ and the church. And that is the reason. So our marriages are about a much bigger picture than just our own personal happiness. And that transcends the whole idea of marriage to a much more sacred calling, a much deeper calling, a much more joyful calling, if we take the focus off of us and our own agendas and our own you know American dream totally. kind of thing that a lot of people get married for, and we we let it be about god 's purposes and about us having someone to journey through life with to give a to give a correct opinion of who he is and to build families that can push back the darkness and and that's part of the gospel message is how Jesus came to reconcile the church to himself and and how our marriages you know show us our deep need for the gospel because honestly we are uh, flawed and sinful yes. and broken. And never do we see that any more than when we get married and we see just how selfish and prideful we really are. So it deepens our need for the Savior who came to restore and renew and to bring back to its to a rightful place, you know, these relationships that, that life is
0: really all about. Oh, yes. And you were kind of touching on it, but— There are a lot of misperceptions, misbeliefs, false ideas about the purpose of marriage and our culture especially. Could you just kind of highlight some of those again? If somebody missed it, what are some of the common misinterpretations that we have about marriage that our culture is just kind of impressing upon us?
1: Well, I think um, one of the misperceptions is that if I get married, then all my problems will go away and my life will be so much easier and I will be more complete i will right. I will have everything i want, and i'm I'm not good unless i'm married so those are those are some of the misconceptions of what people try to make make marriage be more than it really is, yeah, and so it it was never meant to be something that completes us first of all. People think that it's so much easier, i think than it really probably is, and so they go into marriage sometimes with very selfish agendas yeah. and trying to escape their life or trying to run from something. And then they get into marriage and find that their problems just follow them. And so I think one of the misconceptions is I thought marriage was going to be a lot easier or some people that get married yeah. think it's it's not as hard as they thought it might be. And so, but there will be seasons that test that, you know. Totally, And so, like I said before, you know, marriage, like no other relationship, exposes our hearts and it demands our growth. And I like what Tim Keller says. He says, marriage is like the Mack truck driving through your life revealing your flaws and humbling your reactions. And sometimes that's that's really true, but isn't it such a good gift from God to help us to humble ourselves? Because it's in that state of humility and dependence on Him that He frees us from our pride and our selfishness, which is the great enemy of our souls. And so I think we underestimate just that we're marrying a sinful person, because when you're in that state of euphoria and that person is just your knight in shining armor... Um, it doesn't take long to live together and to realize, you know, you're just married to another sinner and he's married to another sinner. And so I would like to joke around in our classes and just say, you know, you think you're marrying a knight in a shiny armor, but he might sometimes appear like an idiot in a metal suit. (laughs) And sometimes he thinks he's marrying Cinderella, but really she's more like the ugly stepsister, you know? So we we just think it's going to be a lot easier but we have to just realize that unless unless god you know brings his presence to us and helps us you know we'll always be trying to selfishly get our needs met
0: Oh, absolutely. I feel like my mind is continually being renewed with the truth that this is not the purpose of marriage. My happiness is not the purpose of marriage. And it's just, it takes little instances where, I don't know, like you feel the Mack truck, like you were saying, just kind of like showing those areas that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was actually looking for something that you can never give me here, Brooks. Um, You were not meant to fill this spot in my heart. like. Uh, only right. Jesus can. So, where can we get a right perspective on marriage, since culture is kind of imposing something different on us? Yeah, what would it look like to have a right perspective of marriage?
1: Well, I feel like we give an illustration that we actually borrowed from Family Life, the the Rainies, Dennis and Barbara Rainey, but okay. it's an illustration called True North. And they talk about how when you set off on a journey, you know, you have a destination that you're trying to reach. And in marriage, you know, we want to be just as happily married. We want to be so in love, so at one with each other and so walking this road together with deep, deep intimacy. And that's our journey, like not only in the first day, but in the 50th year, you know, you want to, you want to just share this life and, and share just the deepest places if you want to be fully known and fully loved and fully accepted for who you are and so that's our journey that's what we hope to find, but oftentimes you know true North is a fixed position, and it's where maps are set and if you're a, a sea pilot or a captain or air uh, if you're flying an airplane, you always want to make adjustments from what true North says, which is the map right to what magnetic north says, which is a compass. So they always are adjusting their compass back to true north. And it, and the magnetic north is about 1500 miles away from true north. So you're always making those adjustments wow. back to true north. And so I think in our culture, there's so many voices screaming at us that feel like magnetic north. And totally. the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. And those things are in our faces and they're always, uh, you can be more, you can do it all, you can, you can have a million, you know, irons in the fire, and and still have a great marriage. Which you, you know, we know that you can do a lot, but if you're giving all the leftovers to your spouse, then that's just a lie. You know, you can't do it yeah. all and have it all. And and I think that um, when we constantly make adjustments to True North, it's getting our perspective from the Bible and. And God gave us his word as an absolute that never changes. And it's an anchor for us. So we're constantly asking God, give us eyes of faith to trust what you say and not to lean on our own understanding here and our financial decisions. Give me the grace to make wise decisions and to not get caught up in the crazy pace of life that a lot of families yeah. try to do. And it and it robs them of their intimacy with each other and with their
0: kids. Oh, That right there is convicting, even just hearing it, because it's so true. And especially with little kids, and we're going to talk about different seasons of marriage and what can be particularly challenging. I know a lot of listeners have little tiny people at home and man, what you're saying, sometimes I feel like I want to pump the brakes. I want to create the white space. I want there to be more room for intimacy, but I can't stop these kids from waking up at 5.30 in the morning, Carla. (laughs) Oh, I know. It's so hard. So we'll get to that, but I want to address how do we kind of recalibrate? What are some foundational pillars that can help us to set our eyes on true north, like biblical principles, if you will, for marriage?
1: Yes. So a few other things that God has given us is a few theme verses that we like to really cause couples to reflect on and kind of post in their house and everywhere they can find to post it. Yeah. But one is Proverbs twenty four, three and four. Okay. And it says by wisdom a house is built and through mm. understanding it is established, and through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Wow. And the companion verse to that is Proverbs two six and it says, For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So these rare and beautiful treasures are not found apart from having a fear of God that that you treasure and value what God says a lot more than you treasure and value what your parents handed to you, what your best friends are doing, what the culture says they're doing, uh, what seems like right to you, but um, you're fighting against just that what you can see with your tangible eyes and you're trusting your eyes of faith. And and I like what Matthew six thirty three also says mm-hmm. that if we seek first his kingdom and yes. his righteousness then everything else is going to be added to us. All these things will be given to you as well. And so a lot of us go about seeking the financial security, seeking the approval of man. We try to build our home on shaky foundations that God says, if you'll just seek me first, if you'll align yourself with my kingdom and my righteousness, then like C.S. Lewis says, second things will not be suppressed, but enhanced when you put first things first. Mm -hmm. And so, that's uh, just a recalibrating every single morning to say, Lord, I want to trust you more than I trust the things around me. And I want to align myself with your ways. And I think another foundational pillar for marriage is just some three most powerful statements I think that we need to have in our marriages all the time. And those statements are I am sorry. I was wrong. And will you forgive
0: me? Oh, it's so, Carla, you're catching me right after Brooks and I just had a little bit of a fresh <laughs> fight yesterday. <laughs> yeah.
1: I can say my husband and I could too. Yes. Yeah, yeah yes.
0: we've been snowed in literally in Kentucky <laughs> for know. the past five days. So you get under one roof for five days without leaving Ooh, and something's yeah. going to go down at some point.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And so just to be able to know that you have to be good at offering grace and forgiveness is just a huge foundational pillar but it's hard for us to offer that unless we it first is. have received
0: it ourselves. Amen. That that'll preach right there. For sure. Yes, and sometimes you just have to go and sit and take yourself through the gospel and remember what it is that Christ has done for you and how sinful you are and how desperate you are yes. for his grace. And then you sit there with your spouse and you find yourself I Emily uh, Jensen on one of the podcasts, she called it sitting on the same side of the table. But for me, I love to think of the picture of Brooks and I both standing under the cross of Christ in desperate need of his grace, both of us. Yes, that's a great picture. And it, goodness, sometimes it takes some hard blows to kind of take you to your knees and to get to that point, because I'm telling you, I have been... The, the spouse who's kind of standing up holier than thou looking down like, come on, get on my level, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's like right. that is not yeah. the gospel.
1: I think that's one of my biggest struggles in our first several years of marriage was my, so, my spiritual pride that yes. I had of. Wishing that Byron were as spiritual as I was and wishing yes. that he would Carla, read his Bible down. as much as I did. I hate and confessing this,
0: but it's so true. And I still I still struggle with that. You know, I'm like, you yeah. really want to watch football? We could be reading John Calvin right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. And I'm sure uh, that that really comes across very Christ-like to them. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: really sexy right there. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So we're kind of getting into it. How does keeping Christ at the head, keeping Christ as the center of your home, flesh itself out and look differently in the context of each marital relationship? Because I think we get really hung up. I get really hung up on looking at what my friends are doing and wishing, like you said, that it would look, you know, a certain specific way that might seem more spiritual or more appealing Mm -hmm. to me. And it looks different for us. So how does this flesh itself out differently within each marriage?
1: I think you have to really know that, really come to so, say that I'm not going to compare myself to other couples. I'm not going to par- compare yes. my husband to another husband because a comparison, as you have heard, and I'm sure many of your podcast speakers have said before, it's the thief of joy. Yes. So if we're constantly um, looking at other people and seeing you know, how they're doing it, Instead of just just really having a lot of joy in where God has us and security and knowing that this is our journey and our marriage totally. and it 's going to look very different and even the way that you engage with kids activities or the way that you engage in your finances, um, God may be you yeah. know um, calling you to a whole different lifestyle. Than some of your friends, and that's okay, you know, that's it, might just look a little bit differently, yeah. And and this is your man, and you need to see that he's the only man in the world for you. And um, so how to like be Christ like to them is not to wish you were someplace else or they were someone else, or you had a different set of circumstances. Because I think one of the things that we women are really good at doing, I'm the queen of it, is taking. One thing that I wish my husband did better in maximizing that in my mind yeah, above all the 20,000 things that he does really, really well. yeah, And I discount those things and I just zero in on that one little thing. And so it's just the negative focus and it's prideful and it's not having that spirit of gratitude of being grateful for the many things that he does right, that he does
0: really well. Yeah. How can we fight for that oneness, as you mentioned, as where those thoughts and ideas are just kind of coming upon us? I mean, let's be real. That happens on the daily. like When you're thinking, man, I wish you would do this different or this different or whatever, maybe not on the daily, but surely on the weekly. How do you fight for and protect your oneness within your marriage when those things kind of like creep into your mind?
1: Well, I... um... I try to pour contempt on contempt as Gary Thomas would say in his sacred marriage book and to realize that expectation breeds it breeds contempt it bring it breeds um, disappointment I guess yeah. uh, the more unrealistic expectations especially yes and- if we are expecting something from our spouse and they don't know it then it's not fair to them the bible characterizes our thinking sometimes apart from christ as futile in ephesians he calls paul calls it futile thinking deceitful desires and darkened understanding mm. and those things can derail us so much and so really like searching the lord asking the lord please show me where my darkened understanding is, where my futile thinking yeah. is. I mean, isn't it easy just to ruminate over and over in your mind all these things instead of focusing your mind on what is good and pure and right? and
0: Totally. That's my problem. Help me. Yes. Help me get out of yes. it. Because, you know, say something goes wrong with your spouse, you know, they speak to you in an unkind tone, then I will just get wrapped around the axle and fixate on that. How could he speak to me like that? And then I just go down, down, down this spiral. Yes.
1: Yeah. And so replacing that indictment with curiosity and saying, you know, not how could he speak that I wonder what's going on in his life that yes. is causing him to feel this way and how can I
0: minister yes. to him
1: and how can I? totally?" And I think one of the things about fighting for oneness that we have had to realize a lot is that oneness does not equal sameness. And so yeah. I think that for the first several years of our marriage, I tried to change Byron to be just like me because we're very different. Mm. The way we draw near to God is very different. The things we like to eat is very different. He's a risk taker and I'm not a risk taker. And he's more of a critical, independent thinker. I'm more of a take it take people for what they say. And we have a, a kind of a funny thing we say is like, I'm, I'm more Pollyanna and he's more Eeyore. And, um, and we (laughs) meet each other because I would just, I would just follow the person off the cliff. And he is like, no, why are you thinking that? Like, come back and look at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's really like, give this some thought. And so at first it, I was really attracted to his independence. Hmm. And sometimes those things that attract us to each other in the beginning become irritants later and we have to not just accommodate them but we have to live with them and be one with them in those differences but learning to appreciate the differences is so important and to let that person be who they fully are and and i'm not saying if it's like a really hurtful sinful right. behavior you don't just i appreciate you and i'm going to accept this you have to really address those things but i'm just talking about different things totally. that destroy your oneness yes because It's a good thing that I have, Byron, in my life to help me think through things, to help me to take risks. We went on a three-month sabbatical this past year. We left January and came back in March. And I just would not have done it because I'm not a risk taker, but I cannot imagine my life without having done that. To even start Legacy was a risk because we had to to let go of—we had to just step out and and just raise our own support. And that was so scary, but I would not have seen God the way I've seen Him had I not— Taking that risk so we each bring things to the table that the other spouse needs
0: yeah talk to me about what that looked like for you guys because i think one of the hit words in marriage for women especially is this whole idea and practice of submission which is what you're talking about when byron's saying hey baby i think we need to start a ministry and we're going to go out and raise support and i'm no longer going to get a paycheck from you know a boss All right. I know you guys are enjoying this conversation with Carla as much as I am, but I've got to tell you about another wonderful sponsor that helped make today's episode possible, Eliza Ann Calligraphy. Elizabeth Young of Eliza Ann Calligraphy always knew that God blessed her with an artistic talent and a heart for entrepreneurship. Since 2014, she's been pursuing her love of calligraphy and design by offering custom wedding invitations for the elegant and timeless bride. After your wedding, the flowers will fade and the cake will be eaten and your dress will be pressed and delicately boxed for safekeeping. But your wedding invitations will be one of the tangible heirlooms that will forever remind you of the special and holy celebration that you had on that day. From custom wedding crests featuring artwork that represents you and your fiance to breathtaking venue illustrations, Elizabeth can create multiple different elements for your invitations that will make them special, personal, and dare I say, simply too beautiful for your guests to throw away. For 10% off any of Elizabeth's custom wedding invitation packages, make sure to mention that you heard about Eliza Ann Calligraphy on the Journey Women podcast. Visit www.elizaandcalligraphy.com today to submit a wedding invitation inquiry and to receive your free consultation and quote. Now, back to my conversation about marriage with Carla Weathersby. What does submission look like? What are we called to as wives?
1: Well, I I don't think we're called to be doormats and you know, I don't think we're called to just check our brains at the door uh-huh. and let our husband call all the shots. Thank you. you. Know, we are partners together. And right. if you look at Ephesians five, it talks about in verse twenty one that we're to submit to one another out yes. of love and Christ. And so there's this natural submission of not natural, it's kind of a mutual. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: it's very unnatural.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it's a mutual, you know, learning to hear each other and support each other. And, but I do think that wives are told to submit and to the headship of our husbands. And that's a, that's a hard thing because we want to be in control. And so it's releasing that need to control every single part. And it begins to have a submission, submissive attitude just begins with at first, entrusting yourself to God deeply.
0: Yes, amen. And there's
1: a beautiful story of a pastor named E.V. Hill, and he's this uh, black pastor who is so awesome. And he spoke at his wife's funeral, and he gives the best illustration of just having this um, attitude of a supportive wife that doesn't seem to bristle bristle at every little thing. And he talks about how he was... He was going to buy a gas station, and she he talked to her about it, and she said, "Well, I don't think it's a good idea, but if you want to, go ahead and buy it and but I don't think it's a good idea. Well, he went ahead and bought it, and he's as he says in his own words, he's lost his shirt and he mm-hmm. it was really turn out to be a good financial decision, so he comes home one night and um he sees that the candles are lit, and that um she's making a candlelight dinner for him and he goes inside and he's like, "What is going on here?" And she says, Honey, I, I just wanted to make this candlelight dinner for you. I figure, you know, we don't smoke and we don't drink, and you know, it doesn't matter if we lost our shirt with the gas station. We've saved a lot of money with all of that, and I just wanted to make you a candlelight dinner. Well, he has to go to the bathroom, so he tries to flip on the lights, and he realized that the electricity has been turned off Aww. because they have no the money. Yeah. And so, here's this sweet wife that yes. is. When he comes in saying, I told you so, and our our electricity's off, Uh. she prepares a candlelight dinner for him, and she believes in him, and she knows that God can be trusted with their finances and with their future, and she's able to bless her husband at a time that he needs it the most, because she doesn't have to be in control and doesn't have to say, I told you so. So I just think that's a beautiful...
0: She's laying down the gauntlet.
1: Yes. (laughs) And there are
0: seasons like that in marriage that are really, really challenging, whether it be, you know, we have a large demographic of military listeners coming back, transitioning home from a deployment or, you know, making the decision whether or not they're going to stay in the military or get out of the military or whatever it is. I would love to you to speak to some seasons of marriage. Like right now we have two little kids. (laughs) Yeah. They can be crazy. How do you navigate particularly challenging seasons of marriage?
1: First of all, I would just validate you, Hunter, on your uh young young kids and marriage. That is validate you on the difficulty of that because I think that's one of the most challenging seasons yeah. is when you are in that beginning, those beginning ten years of having your children, and and then I mean, even being in the military, I can't even imagine a more challenging circumstance than to be in the military and constantly moving and just well, the I think Ministry
0: that. is pretty. Well, ministry <laughs> pretty up probably there. comes in close. Yeah, yeah, and we have a lot of missionaries listening and a lot of ministry yes. spouses.
1: You have like a target on your back, you know, when you're yes. in ministry, Satan's after you, and if he can take you out.
0: You don't feel like you can really talk to people as openly. You're not really sure who you can trust. Exactly. Yeah, that's
1: exactly right. So I would say find you a good friend that you can trust to point you to Jesus and mm. really help you. Have that friend as someone you can talk to and be real with and um finding, you know, just that group of women that can really hold your hands up in the battle. And then to try to simplify a little bit more when your seasons are challenging, say no to more things on your plate, because especially if you're going through a really tough season in your marriage, I know we've had to pull back at certain seasons from leadership roles sometimes because we have needed to focus more of our energies, our mental headspace on our marriage. And don't be afraid to go to counseling Byron and I have been to counseling three times and we're probably not done yet. And it's just so mm-hmm. wise to sit down with someone that's trained, that can um, ask the right questions and help lead you to uncover because we never realize just the powerful influences of the homes that we grew up in sometimes and right. how that influences us and and then just remember, always remember there are three people in your marriage, that Jesus is there and he's your comforter. He's your strength that helps you resist the darkness that threatens you to want to just shut down. So my, some of us may not walk, physically walk out of our marriages, yeah. but we may just want to quit working so hard at it. And it's such uh, to just resign ourselves to just not believe it could ever change right.
0: or complacency or yeah,
1: complacency or. Yeah do your thing and I'll do my thing. And we'll just be two people who are in the same house, but totally roommates. Yeah. Roommates. And so just remember that that's his specialty is, is the power of one person persevering and what God can do through that one person. And that your power to persevere as Gary Thomas would say, depends on what kingdom you're living for. Hmm. If you're living for the kingdom of self or the kingdom of God You know you'll have more power to persevere if you're you're doing it to please God and to to really uh, say God I'm trusting you in this and I'm going to do this because you've done this for me and so you find that inner strength that you need from what He has done for you.
0: If you're in a marriage and something is just not right and and you know that maybe you could benefit from something like counseling or meeting with like a mentor couple at your church. I know I have friends who have been in that situation. They feel like they're not connecting with their spouse. They're really just in turmoil really over the state of their relationship. And yet the spouse has a really difficult time with the idea of counseling. Could you speak to a woman who's in that situation who desires to seek outside help if they're in a tricky spot in their marriage, but whose spouse may not be as open to it?
1: Yeah, that's a common thing, like so common. And I would just say, even if your husband doesn't want to go, if your wife doesn't want to go, then you go alone. And yes. you find that inner strength and you find you find support to create this atmosphere in your marriage that is life-giving. And you've got to have some oxygen put on totally. you so that you can give oxygen to your spouse. So no matter if he goes or she goes or not, you go and you take responsibility for you only. The power of one person, like you, only can can control your responses, and you're only responsible for your responses. And so, if you go and you work on everything that you work on in your power and trust the, your spouse, maybe he will see the light of the change that's going on in your life, and he'll be drawn to that light, or he'll be. He'll be attracted in some way to this new person. One over that you see man. and evolve. Yeah, won over by
0: First Peter. This,
1: yeah, exactly. Without a word by the by by your character and your conduct.
0: So if you had to pick one thing, one the absolute best thing that we could do for our marriages, Carla, what do you think it would be?
1: Well, this is gonna sound hyper spiritual and kind of what we've talked about the rest of this for the for the whole thing is but just develop a strong spiritual core. Mm-hmm. Where your confidence yeah. and your security and your identity rest not on yes. your husband or your kids, but it rests on yeah. the truth of God's word and who He says you are. Uh, because weak women usually forfeit their influence, weak spouses. Yeah. And so, um, yes. if we, if all of our hopes and dreams, and I almost suffocated my husband to death um, in the beginning <laughs> Carla, of yes, our marriage. I feel like we
0: had the similar circumstances in the first yes. couple years. And
1: I just put too many of uh, too totally. much of my joy and my peace and my well being on his shoulders, and it really almost suffocated him, it put so much pressure on him, yeah, and I had to step back and not be so codependent <laughs> on him and I'm still even learning that it's not a lesson you learn one time right it's something you say every single day, and so this strong spiritual core is so huge and so I say getting yourself in a great church and in a, in a fellowship of believers where you can study God's word together and, and really have people that can share your same values and go with you as you're trying to create this life of following Christ.
0: Yes, I love that so much. I've totally been in that circumstance. I think when we first got married, I just really wanted everything to be together and in sync, including yes. our spiritual life including seeking the Lord together. And we have learned and grown in that since the beginning of our marriage. But I will say there's this whole element where it's like, man, I, I finally came to the revelation one day, like, if works is doing it differently than me and it works better for me to do it a different way, like meet with God, you know, whatever in the morning or read these books instead of these books, like why? Like I want to grow in Christ likeness. And so what am I doing? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) exactly.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And I'm telling you, you're so right. There is no greater encouragement. I think as a spouse just to see, your spouse, whether it's your husband looking at you or you looking at your husband on fire for kingdom work. Like that's the sexiest thing ever.
1: (laughs) Um, Yes. It's amazing. Yes. And so, and then, you know, to, to really be able to get away. I mean, this is not the one thing I would say, but it's an important thing is to to get away together often,
0: especially when you have little people.
1: Yeah. Um, even when our kids were little and Bo was going through cancer, we get, we made it a practice to get away about wow. once every few months, every three or four months, probably four times a year if possible. Even That's if it's awesome. an overnight, you know, and it's it's a lot of work, and sometimes it's expensive. But you can find cheap ways to do this. And but that was a huge, huge thing that has made a huge difference in our marriage. It yes. just set the reset button, and it reminds us. Reminds us of why we're married,
0: you know? Totally. That's something that Brooks and I are really striving to grow. And we just got back from Belize, which we had That's a goal. So fun. Yeah, getting away like at five years, and it didn't happen because I was breastfeeding a newborn. And so yes. at six years, we went to Belize. But we're not very good at doing the kind of even monthly date nights just because. It's expensive. And so yeah. it's definitely something that requires a lot of pre-planning and forethought. And we're yeah. really striving to grow in this and have done a pretty bad job of it up <laughs> until yes. this point.
1: Well, it's hard and you have to cut yourself some slack. And I, I want to tell all the young young moms out there, I lead a Bible study with lots of young moms in it. And mm. I think it's so easy to like put your husband on the back burner
0: yeah, because
1: physically and yes. like like the amount of energy that it takes to raise these young children just takes it all oh my out goodness, of you. Yes, and it's just a twenty four seven. You're exhausted physically, but if you can do everything you can to make room for um, just little moments that just communicate to him, "I love you," "I am here for you," and um, not become a child centered family. Yeah, but to know that god's plan when that little baby was born into your family is for that baby to one day grow up and leave you but yes. god 's plan for marriage is to grow closer and closer and closer and closer until mm. death do you part and the greatest gift you can give your children is a strong, healthy marriage that is much better for them, yeah, than every little whim than obeying every little whim your child has, and so a lot of moms are so afraid to leave their children and go away with their husbands but Honestly, in the end, it's what's good for your child and what's good for your marriage. And and in the end, the child needs to know that daddy comes first.
0: Yeah, man, that's so good. And I sat down with one of these goal planning things at the end of last year and it had me rank all of my different intimate relationships and what kind of scale would I give? Like would I give it a zero, would I give it a ten? And it was really a gut check for me to see, like, man, I actually which I spend a lot more time with my kids, so I want to extend grace to myself there. Yeah. But I actually am just pouring into my kids like at a much higher number and level than my spouse. And I know it's a demand season when they're very, very little. So I think there's all the grace. I'm just saying I'm in the same boat where I'm coming kind of to a recognition after four years of motherhood that, wow, Mm I have kind of elevated their position. And I've kind of put Brooks on the back burner just because I felt like, oh, he can handle it. And that's not the right perspective to maintain.
1: Yes, yeah, it's a perspective that is much easier, probably. It, well, it's survival, I guess. Totally. I mean, one of my closest <laughs> friends just had twins, and she—this was uh, number three and four. And I was over at her wow. house yesterday, and she was telling wow. me we are getting no sleep, like we're up all night feeding somebody. And so, I think to maintain that closeness is just not going to happen right. in this uh, in for the first few weeks. But that's when you just look at each other and you go, "Honey, you know I love you," and yeah. It's not going to always be this way. And, but you don't ever want to take for granted the faithfulness of your spouse Yeah, for a long time, even though there are seasons that call for it. Like when we were going through our cancer season, mm. you know, everything was invested into the hospital and getting bow well and all of that. But in the end, you know, I'll never forget right after this all happened, Byron planned this surprise anniversary dinner for me. And we were three weeks into the diagnosis and he comes and kidnaps me and has all this childcare ready. And he shows me our marriage video, our, our proposal video that he created. Five year, this was our five year anniversary, and he creates this beautiful night of surprises. And I'm like, "You are crazy!" Because we are in the middle of the deepest trial we've ever yeah. been in, and here you are thinking of me and how you can love me well. And it just was the most amazing gift that he would put himself aside and and say, no, you know, we got to celebrate even in the midst of this deep tragedy we're mm, going through.
0: That is precious. And I know right now there is a woman who is listening and she's saying, my husband would never do that. Can you speak to her? Can you speak to the woman who is incredibly discouraged in her marriage right now?
1: Well, I think that just to hang on and to really know that. You have powerful influence on your husband, and right. there's a difference between trying to change them and trying to influence them. Mm-hmm. And so, trying to change them will only cause diminish the intimacy in your marriage. Yeah, but to really influence them is is knowing that you have one source that will never leave you, will never forsake you, that he will never walk out on you, and he will be there for you to give you the strength and the courage and the hope that you need and just to know that god is with you in the in the battle and seek help seek counseling <laughs> seek a trusted totally. you can confide in and just know that it won't hopefully it won't always be this way but even if it is that your ultimate sense of well-being and and joy can be found in a place other than your marriage, there is hope in that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Amen. And we'll make sure to link to all of Carla's kind of recommended resources and things like that. And see if we can link to some counseling stuff in the show notes too, if you find yourself in that position. Because I know I just, I want all of the women who are in that situation right now, I know I know a number of women in that situation in the military right now, and I'm thinking of you and we don't want to diminish the difficulty of that experience and just to encourage you deeply in the grace of the gospel to knowing that you are a conduit of God's grace in your spouse's life right now. And that he might literally be won over without a word by the way in which you're acting in your marriage. So I'm super proud of all my sister's, It's hard for all of us. What encouragement do you have kind of generally when things get difficult? Just keep looking to Jesus. Is that your encouragement, Carla? (laughs) Well,
1: I know that sounds like, okay, that's a great in theory. But I would say you know just do everything i i, I another gary thomas quote you're going to think he paid me to talk about him but <laughs> he also said has a quote that says worship preserves the heart mm. and so our hearts can mm. become so hardened and they can become so bitter they can become yes. so hurt that we wall ourselves off to our husbands because who wants to go around just getting hurt over and right. over again and being disappointed over and over again but if we will keep our eyes on Him and worship Him, and yes. worship doesn't mean go to a Sunday morning service, but it means totally. putting yourself under the faucet where you can receive the deep, abundant provision that He has for you. And whether it's gathering together with a close friend and praying together, um, whether it's going to seek you know a wise, trusted person in your life that you can talk to, or finding yourself deeply embedded in His Word, and but just having that. That worshipful heart that helps you keep your heart softened and keeping the bitterness and the unforgiveness away. A great book that I was going to recommend at the end when you ask about the resources. Yes, well, we can segue
0: into that now. What are your okay, resources? Good. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. So, Linda Dillo, I think, knows women better than any person I've ever seen. She mm. has written two of my favorite books, and one of which is a marriage book, and it's called. What's It Like to Be Married to Me?
0: Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't actually, I'm scared to read that book.
1: (laughs) I know. You have to be really brave because it asks a lot of hard questions, but what is so Mm. great about it is it helps you focus on the only person that you can work on, where all of your energies can go is on you. And so it's a great book. It's so encouraging. Sacred Marriage is also one of our favorite books written by Gary Thomas, it was given to us in year fifteen, which was probably our hardest year mm. and it was a paradigm shift for us. What if marriage was meant to make us more holy than happy right and it was it was a very marriage altering book for us
0: that was a great one for us too. We yeah. wear that in marriage counseling
1: yeah another good thing I recommend that I would recommend a podcast is to take a listen to Evie Hill pre- preaching his wife's funeral mm. and it, that's a really good encouraging it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry it's it's just a good perspective bringer okay can really be our husband's our husband's like um confidant and supporter and encourager no matter how he acts
0: man how awesome is it to have your husband man i wish you would have been alive for that that is an awesome thing at at your spouse's funeral to talk about what a blessing Uh, they were to your life that's amazing
1: yeah, and it's a just a great perspective of what do you want to be said at your funeral? Exactly.
0: Okay, we will link to all those in the show notes. And Carla, yeah. one of the things that I ask every guest who comes on the show, just because I think it's fun, is if you would share with us what are three of your simple joys. that can be totally uh, unrelated to marriage. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I love having people in my home. It's my happy place. So having people over for dinner, having my kids, having. Our, uh, some of our young moms and their kids in our home. I love that. I love going on golf cart rides with my husband. So oh. we're empty nests. And we live in Salado, which has a golf course and a creek. It's just beautiful. And we made the best purchase ever when we moved here. And we get in our golf cart. My kids laugh at us because we just ride around <laughs> on the golf course and so through town. see to the sunset. It's just so much fun. It's our little debrief. And, and being out in nature is just yeah. everything to are nature people
0: that's awesome and then
1: my other simple joy is very silly but it's brookside chocolates and kombucha
0: oh yes
1: you know you
0: love it i knew it i liked you what kind of kombucha what what a brand do you get or do you brew your own I get
1: the gts the, oh, yeah. yes they're my favorite do you have a favorite they're flavor way overpriced but totally my kids laugh at me but it's my splurge i like the gingerade yes the best And then Brookside chocolates are just so amazing. It's acai berries with dark chocolate around it. And I know it's not healthy, but it's fun.
0: That sounds delicious. Well, maybe one day if I ever make my way down to Salado, we can share some booch. That's what (laughs) Brookside caught. Well, I just love acknowledging that as women as as women have poured into us and and that god by his grace has used the influence of other believers to draw us nearer to himself and that's why i love to ask a question to every guest who comes to the show who is it that's had the biggest influence on your journey with jesus carla
1: i'm gonna have to say my husband um, honestly i cannot so think perfect of person <laughs> i know he is He has shown me unconditional love, sacrificial love. He has been the hands and feet of Jesus to me. And I cannot imagine being on this earth with anyone other than him. Mm. So he has had a tremendous impact on just being Jesus with skin on to me.
0: Wow. Well, I certainly love y'all's marriage and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show today. (laughs) I mean, that's a testament. That wasn't a prompted answer. I am so grateful to have gotten to watch you guys from afar and so thankful to get to share you with the Journey Women listeners. Thanks for coming on the show today, Carla. What a blessing. Thank
1: you so much, Hunter. And thanks for having me.
0: I walked away from this episode encouraged to look for ways to serve my husband, Brooks. We've been married for six years, as you know, and I feel like I needed this refresher. I hope you guys found this episode as inspiring as I did. As always, you can find the details on everything that Carla and I talked about on journeywomenpodcast.com listed under the show notes. This conversation is actually the fourth of five episodes that we're putting out on the topic of relationships. If you're new, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and catch next week's episode on intimacy within the context of all of our relationships. If you're enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes. It'll take you three minutes max, but it helps get Journey Women into the hands of other women on their journeys to glorify God. To continue this discussion on relationships in light of the gospel throughout the week, find us on Instagram or Facebook at Journey Women Podcast or on Twitter at JourneyWomenPod. Thanks so much for allowing us to journey alongside you guys. It's such a blessing. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you here next Monday.